Hey, podcast friends. If you love our podcast and want to help support us to continue making cool shit, consider joining our Patreon community. Get early access to each episode, a monthly hangout on Zoom, custom answers to your questions in exclusive Patreon videos, and much, much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash conversations with creators to become a patron today. Your support means the world to us. Now on to the episode. The Angry Elk Amber Ale is named after a real elk. So every June, there is a mama elk that lives in around the pasture that is across our parking lot at the Evergreen location. And she has her baby right behind the sheds that live there. And they are, you know, for those of you who, who don't know, elk, mama elk are extremely aggressive. If when they have their babies, the original head brewer would walk there because he lived in the neighborhood. He got chased around by that elk one day and that would be terrible. Lo and behold, the angry elk, Amber Ale, was with birth. <laughs> He's like, this was scary. We're naming a beer after it. <laughs> About the branding. When we dug into our past, when we dug into our roots and, and all the evolution along the way, there are some great stories. And why not tell those through our products and, and through our branding? You know, that's what makes people feel connected. I have a firm belief that nobody, anybody that doesn't have kids is literally not allowed to be tired. You're not allowed. I do not fucking allowed. I, I give my crew shit about that all day, <laughs> all the time. I'm I'm out running. They're like 16 years old, <laughs> and they're sitting there like, "I'm tired." I'm like, "You've been Shut here for up. 25 minutes. Get it in gear." <laughs> I'm like, "Everything pops when I walk." Hey, quick question before we get started: Would you like to win a free piece of clothing from Snowman Films and a 30 minute chat about your creative journey with me? I know that I would love to connect with you, and I know that I would have loved to talk with somebody who had experienced a similar path when I was getting started. So let's make it happen. Here's what you need to do. Subscribe to the Conversations with Creators podcast, rate and review and share it in just five easy steps. First, write a review on your preferred podcasting platform and rate it. Five stars for good karma. Then, screenshot your review and share it on social media, tagging Snowman Films. Each month, I'll select one random winner to receive a free piece of clothing from our store and a 30-minute virtual coaching call with me. Again, subscribe, write a review, rate the show, screenshot that review, share it on social media tagging Snowman Films, and get entered into a drawing for that one-on-one virtual session with me and some free swag. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave me a review. I really appreciate you, and I'm excited to see you in our one-on-one virtual call soon. Now, let's dive into today's episode. So the big question is this. How are creators like us, who aren't built for the 9 to 5, for the people who put their passion before them being comfortable? How do we turn that passion into a living that pays the bills and a life that we love? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. My name is Noah Mittman, and welcome to Conversations with Creators. I use Adobe Podcast Filter for the for the recording quality, which is amazing. That's what I did on on your voiceover, actually, because your voiceover was a little it was sounded good, but it was a little bit echoey. And I put it through the filter, and it's just buttery, <laughs> so good. <laughs> I feel it's fitting because we're gonna talk about brewery stuff. For this to be the first sound 
of the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. Thanks for being on. My pleasure. <laughs> you ready for my intro? Absolutely. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Creators. Today, my guest is a multi-talented man, a family man, a very funny man, Mike Nafee. Welcome to the show, Mr. Sir. Thanks, Noah. It's good to be here. <laughs> so I've known Mike for a very long time. I was, I think I knew you before I had a beard, which is a very long time ago. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I, I know I had hair. That's sure. <laughs> you, you lost hair on your head. I gained hair on my face and here we are. Oh, and we, and, and we yeah. both have kids now. That's right. <laughs> So I, I was doing, when me and Mike met, he was in a band called Euromedicine, which is still running and, and awesome. And he was doing a music video that I was filming the behind the scenes for. And uh, let's just say, here's how overzealous I was back in the day. And I, you know, I would still, I would, I would say still over this overzealous, because why not? But uh, the music video, the final music video, we, we premiered. Directed by Phil Productions, Phil Filkowski, awesome guy. Premiered at the Bluebird Theater in Denver. The music video was about three minutes long. And then afterwards, <laughs> I played my 12-minute behind-the-scenes video. <laughs> anyway, so that, yeah, yeah, that was that was the the introduction to us back in the day. And I, it what's crazy is that I met so many people on that production that are still like prolific and doing stuff in the Denver film community mm -hmm. and beyond. Like I, everybody on that is still doing stuff, which is so cool. I do have a question yeah. for you though, on the origin. <laughs> so I know how it was for me, but how you being in the band back in the day, how was it being in a music video as a member of the band? Like, how does that feel? I mean, it, it felt really cool. I was real full of myself. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, hey, but <laughs> as was I, <laughs> it was, it was a mind, honestly, it was a mind blowing experience. I was hoping it was going to be the, the, the first uh, of many, but you know, there were so many moving pieces. I didn't, you know, you think it's going to be a lot of fun, but the truth is, I mean, it took all day. We were there day and night, and then we were going through edits and things. I couldn't believe the amount of work that you guys had to put in and make that happen. Yeah. Uh, well, to be fair, out. it also was a very, it was, it, there was a lot of pieces to the music video, more than like, you're like, there was green screen pieces, there was effects pieces, like there was a lot of stuff happening in that, it which it turned out it great. Well, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes if it's still online. And <laughs> we're talking, we're talking what? 2011? I think it was either 12 or or, or, or 13, but yeah, yeah. It, I think the process started in 2011 yeah. because it was the whole contest and then we had to go through everything. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was, up, uh, yeah, I know, go for it. I was going to say, you know, if you're going to link it, it, it's it. I, I wore a puppy vest. I don't know if you remember that. I, <laughs> I do. I do. Like, I do. 
Yeah. <laughs> he wore a down a down vest for a music video. In the it was it was and it was in the summer if I re- if I remember right. Oh yeah, yeah. But it was a blast overall, man. So it you may have been cool. cocky, but you were sweating through your everything. I'm sure with all the lights oh. set up. Absolutely, like makeup every five minutes. I'm like, can you powder me? Can you powder me? <laughs> So it's funny. It's funny that I bring that up because what Mike does now is a whole 180 from that. You are the operations, and I'm going to call you the marketing master behind Lariat Lodge Brewing Company. <laughs> yeah, I am. A, my 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 technical title is I am one of two directors of operation for the company, and because of some private previous experience that I had had with a branding and strategy firm, I sort of took on the marketing piece and I work with the owners, Debbie and Anders, as well as my business partner, Victoria, to try to figure out how to navigate the crazy Colorado beer market. And it is crazy. Insanely. Yeah, it's been really crazy, especially over the last, you know, three years. I bet. Seriously. So as just a like top down, give us an overview of like what the day-to-day operations of a brewery look like. Well, it's difficult. So, so we're not just a brewery. Um, yeah, we're we strong as well. A, a true brew pub location. So, so our operation has a lot of moving pieces, but it from each facet of the business, from the brewing to the distribution to the back of house, the the commissary kitchen, the front of house operations. There is there, there is just so much going on, and especially across two locations. So. For the brewers, they're in early. The days are long. I don't know, you know, for those of you out there, the brewing is really glorified janitorial work. I mean, <laughs> cleanliness is is everything. These poor guys, and 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 they're all wicked smart and super hardworking, but they have to spend the majority of their time making sure that the operation is clean because you only want to get the ingredients into the batches that you want to get, and everything has to be scientifically controlled and. So, so they hustle it out in the, in the early morning hours and everybody else gets to enjoy the fruits of their labor. So is, I mean, I, I assume for them kind of a 12 hour day is like a short one. Well, I mean, it depends on the day. There are three brewers. The head brewer is a, a, a real great guy, really bright guy. His name's Ali. He's one of my good friends. And, uh, you know, he, he spends a lot of time working the recipes over hop contracts, you know, malt contracts, checking the equipment and making sure that the recipes are on point. The yeah. the two breweries, we have a brewery at each location and uh, they're different sizes. It's a five barrel at one and it's a 20 barrel at the other. Vastly uh, different. So, yeah. yeah. So, so to scale that and make sure that the consistency on point is a constant test and review process. So I admire him a lot in, in, in that respect. So much science involved. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and especially, you know, being in Colorado and, and one of our locations is in, in Evergreen, the other one being in Littleton, Colorado, sort of up against the foothills down the street from Red Rocks towards Ken Carroll is a, a good reference point. And his arms. Yeah. And, and, and this time of year, because of the traveling and the hikers, the bikers, the dog walkers and everything, we really got to ramp up the brewing operations. So I imagine these guys are, are, are gearing up to run those, those 10, 12 hour days. They do whatever it takes. Absolutely. <laughs> so on your side, how do you approach the marketing and branding for a brewery specifically? 
it's a very nebulous monster marketing is. It is difficult to track from a data standpoint. It's a lot of guessing and checking, pivoting, looking at market trends, having a couple beers and, and mulling it over with people. But, but for the most part, as we have grown, I, ha I, I, I call it elimination theory. Mm. Uh, I, I, I like to find out what doesn't work first. And then I finally arrive at what, what, what to do. So, so the, what not to do is, is all the things that we've tried over the years. And it's sort of controlled chaos in a way. There's a, a lot of moving pieces to marketing and marketing is such an umbrella term that it can mean <laughs> a thousand different things. And, and believe me, we try, we have tested and tried to do all of them that I could possibly imagine. So I guess a brief answer would be that it is finding a way to connect with our local demographic in a way that lets them understand that we make a product that they're going to want, whether it be to come to the location and enjoy it or to take our product in a can to go. But we have to market for the people that come in. We have to market for the visitation for out-of-staters. We've got to market for the people in the liquor stores. We have to you know, market for all these different segments and each one of them gets struck in a different way. Hell, we even have to market to the beer buyers that we're trying to distribute to. We have to mm. convince them to to give us shelf space. Right. Uh, which is it's which so competitive is, here. Absolutely. It's a totally flooded market. Yeah. And and so it's difficult to stand out. And so this year we decided to sort of rebrand and launch our marketing sort of based on the chalkboard art where we have a local evergreen artist. Her name is Natasha. And yeah, right there. <laughs> and, 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 and so the art on the cans, the art on our walls, the art on our shirts, the art on all of the marketing materials, every touch point. It's gorgeous, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. I will pass the accolades. Yeah. But they, the artwork is created per beer that we brew. And she, we name the beer, we tell her what we want on there, and she brings it to life in a way that only she can. And she's fantastic. Um, do you, do so, you know what her her socials are? I don't, but I can we'll, definitely. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get it. We'll send it. We'll give her some love. Absolutely. If you want to link it, she's a fantastically nice person. I love yeah. her to death. A, a big talent. Yeah, super cool. No, I mean you, you bring up a really good point of like you have to stand out in the saturated market. I mean, how how do you kind of go about standing out? Where we have, you know, what, like a hundred breweries in the Denver, Denver metro area alone. Like, what do you, in your mind, what are ways that you can stand out in something in a market that that's, that's that crazy? Well, I think the beginning of, of any strong marketing initiative or, or, or campaign or rebranding is to first dive into who are we? What are we about? What are our beers about? There are sour breweries. You know, that, that there are big breweries, small breweries, artisan breweries, that there's all sorts of things. So at, fir at first we had to sort of discover what is our approach to brewing. And because we are a brew pub and we have a full restaurant at each location, we had to really approach brewing styles from a classic standpoint, at least for our core lineup and make sure that it, it was, it was beer that was drinkable with food that paired well with food and and we do things like the sours and the you know peanut butter and jelly ale that we so have on tap right now <laughs> and 
and those are fun. They're fun to try on our flights or anything like that. But, you know, you're not going to eat a salad and a peanut butter and jelly beer. I mean, that you know, there's conflict no, that's true. That, that can occur there. And so first we had to dive into what is our style. And then we decided, you know, our original location, we're called Lariat Lodge. The original location used to be the owner's house. Lip top. Yeah. I, I Did I not tell you that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so if, next time you're there, if you look at the layout, you can kind of tell that it was a, a hole at one point. Wow. Uh, and, 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 and they met uh, Eric, who was the original head brewer who lived in the neighborhood right behind them and decided to turn it into a brew pub with a oh lot of different God. houses. Oh, On Mountain Away. How, um, that's insane. That, so you, I mean, literally made his house, so Anders made his, Anders made his house into a brewery. Yeah. Debbie and Anders are, are, they're, they're baldy people. I, I, I love. That's a hell of a yeah. move. That's a hell of a move. Yeah. <laughs> Because if it fails, what are you going to do? Like you're, yeah, that, I mean, that's wild. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad they didn't fail because no, it, it's, it's helped, helped it's me make a career for myself. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. It is in, it's an evergreen and now Littleton staple. Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the go-to places. <laughs> that's I appreciate cool. that. No, hundred percent. And I'm not, it's. There's a reason, there's a reason it's, and it, I mean, what it, it's, or if you're, by the way, if you're ever in Evergreen, you'll see it. It's perched beautifully in amongst the trees on this little mountaintop. A, great spot for a house to begin with and B, and B, even better spot for a brew pub and restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. Yeah, please, please. So, I mean, I guess to cap off the, the, you know, the point we got on a little, little tangent there, which I'm quite known for, by the way, <laughs> is, is, you know, we're Lariat Lodge and, and we're, we're in the mountains. And, and so that, that is who we are that, you know, the, the, there are evergreen trees all over us and, and there are elk and deer that come right up to the, the outdoor patios. They eat our flowers every year. Um, you can't have flowers yeah, evergreen. It doesn't work. It does not work. Yeah. Go to it. <laughs> But we, we sort of borrowed the, the, the local fauna, the local plant life, the local animal life and the setting and, and injected that into our, our branding so that somebody who is, you know, in Texas and is taking a trip for spring break at Evergreen, Colorado, quiet little sleepy mountain town, um, they get a feel for what it's going to be like to, to come in there and, you know, so a lodge is, it's warm, it's welcoming, it's friendly, it's cozy. And so we try to, uh, to use all of those things to, I guess, sort of package the idea of what a lodge is yeah. into our branding. No, and it, it completely works. It's, it is what you want the mountains to feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> we may have to use that. <laughs> so I, a little backstory, I'm doing some video stuff for Larry at Lodge and we're having a lot of fun with it. And obviously me and Mike were way back, but no, it's, it's, it's cool when you can work with a friend and work with a brand that is really just down for stuff. And again, such a strong brand identity and you, yeah, you capture the essence of evergreen with every, with the branding, with the feel, it, it's really working. And I think a lot of that has to play into from your social media presence. So what's kind of, 
what's your strategy and thinking on the social media presence and especially with like engaging with customers and and building the strong online presence that you have sure well it is it, it is ever changing as social media trends change but uh, the most recent sort of effort that, that that I'm making aside from having fantastic pictures taken by snowman films, uh-huh. of our food and our menu flips and our new beer cans and things like that those product shots are important. But what I wanted to move away from was just using our social media as a sort of a billboard. And that can be difficult for a business because you need to promote your product so that people understand exactly what you do. But I wanted to intertwine a little bit of personality. We're a very culture-based business. And so talking about, you know, employees that just got married, shout out to, to Red, love you. Um, and And- yeah, and on their birthdays or if they're doing something fun, the things that are important to them, I want to tell the story of who we are and and how we came about, and uh, and so that people understand that that we are not just our products, but that we are a, a group of people. And and you know you got to be kind of nutty to be in the restaurant business in general. Now tack on a brewery, and that's a recipe for for a bunch of weirdos. And we take great pride in that, and we have sort of quirky employees that 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 are all different i don't like autonomous robot that's not a corporate place so i want people to 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 be to understand that through social media how we they might interact with us and engage with our brand when they're inside of the restaurant and then with our rebranding the owner's dogs barley and larry l-a-r-i for lariat are two golden doodles and they grace the blonde ale, the barking blonde ale, and the lazy IPA. I should have that as my next IPA. one. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. And there's and, the brandy for anybody that's watching on YouTube, right there. <laughs> and and we're a dog friend. Both of our places are dog friendly. Everybody owns dogs. We get a, tons of dogs because of the hiking and, and trails around us and things like that. And so we, we use the dogs as sort of a, a, a springboard to promote ourselves and to solidify our, our, who, how we brand ourselves in relation to the local Colorado demographic, which is largely dog loving, outdoor loving and things like that. And so they're both on, they each have their own can. And so I created two social media profiles, one for Barley Doodle and one for Larry Doodle. And they, they, they comment on everything that I post. Um, and it sort of reads like the Sunday funnies. Sometimes they jar each other. Sometimes they're, they're sweet. I may have read too many Calvin and Hobbes growing up. I don't know, you know, where it's coming from. Hold up, but hold it, up, hold up. Did you know, you probably don't, that I have a Calvin and Hobbes tattoo on my calf, on my right calf? No way. Really? Yeah, yeah. Calvin and Hobbes on one on one leg and Tintin and Snowy on the other leg. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love I Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, it's the best. Anybody who does anybody who's too young, go check out Calvin and Hobbes. It'll change your life. <laughs> but no, I love that. I like got, the, the, I got, the I got two, two Calvin and Hobbes. Perfect. Yes. Uh huh. So so it's it's sort of quirky and fun and it gives the public an opportunity to engage with our brand and yeah. sort of see what our personalities are like without it being too formal because uh, everybody laughs to me because I will, you know, I'm, I'm essentially catfishing myself with two fake dog profiles 
while I'm posting from the business's perspective, and it's 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 a little absurd, but quite fitting for for who we are as people. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, so anytime you see a comment from these profiles, just imagine so, Mike giggling to himself on his phone in the background. Well, the truth is no one thinks that, that, that I'm funnier than I do. <laughs> I think I'm the funniest person ever and and and, and, and you over that back. But I, I want the social media to be to be fun. I mean, we're a place that we want people to to come into. Yeah. And so you gotta give people a glimpse of our sense of whimsy that 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 we take our jobs seriously, but not ourselves. No, I love it. And and I mean, honestly, being in the social media game for many, many years, that's kind of the last, you know, five, 10 minutes here have been a masterclass in how you do branding for a business correctly. Like just have fun with it. You tell a story, you lean on the people, the culture, like that's, it's nothing more than that. Like that's, it's at its core, it's just simple storytelling and bringing people into your world. And that's, it's just well executed. So good job. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I I had a lot of help along the way. Big shout out to Aaron. Thank you for for guiding me. Always no, and uh, you know the mentors are, are are amazing, and and but it's so many people. I I feel like so many brands, especially, just don't understand it. And when they try to they try to do it, it's it's just it doesn't seem organic. So like. You know, I think I think the shouting out the real people involved in the brand is huge and having storytelling and having characters and, you know, that's at its core what it all is. It's storytelling. You know, that's what filmmaking is. That's what that's what beer is. Honestly, it's all storytelling. So my kid just walked in to say hi. We cut it out. But it actually gives me a perfect segue into the hard left turn that is my next question from from branding and social media which is me and mike are both trying to fight the dad bod and i i know that you've had some recent success with your weight loss journey tell me about keto and cutting alcohol from your diet and kind of what effects it's had because i i have a little bit of pudge and and i want to this day of beer is so good i'm trying Seltzers are just not as fun, but I want to lose weight and I miss my six pack. Tell me what, what, what do you got? What do you got going on? <laughs> so for the last five weeks, I've been doing the, the, the carnivore diet. What is that? No, what is that entail? So just what greens, I guess like greens and meats. So it's actually just animal proteins nice. and any animal fats. I do sort of a dirty version, what's called dirty carnivore where like you know i'll have cheese or something like that but yeah you know so it's but but in my my macros are like 50 percent protein and 50 percent fat and you know the first couple days were fantastic i'm like i'm eating steak it's got all this butter on it and so sick of it now i'm so (laughs) over it I mean, it has worked. It has worked fantastically, but I, I, I have never had to apply so much discipline and something for people that work in restaurants. That all of you oh, will, will understand. I'm surrounded by delicious food and beer and drinks at all times. And my favorite part of the day was getting off work and then releasing the parameters 
of of my position versus my employee's position and yeah. just shoot it yeah. and connect, connecting them with them on a real level and 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 you know putting all of our guard down but you know with a lack of discipline i i got i got pretty up there man i'll i'll, I'll tell you that much so i i decided that i wanted to be better and and i want my wife deserved better my kids deserved <laughs> better <laughs> The older I get, I'll be 39 tomorrow, by the way. Hey, uh, happy birthday. By the time this comes out, you will be in, you'll be probably a, a week or two into your, into 39. So happy, happy late birthday, uh, happy early birthday on this day where they're recording this. <laughs> 39. <laughs> holy shit. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm 33 going on. I'm going to be 34 in July. So, ah, uh, you whippersnapper. I know. What are you talking a youngin, about? Youngin, youngin. <laughs> yeah no that's great so, though you're, oh you're last year last year of the 30s holy shit mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you're, you're uh, great oh well, th- well thank you it took a lot of discipline and reversing all of my my poor decisions over the over the last couple of years especially so, with yeah. with free delicious beer and food and like yeah the the restaurant industry is a hard one too to stay in shape with that's my thing like my wife is is looks amazing and i'm like all right you're doing the work i need to i need to keep me looking good well i think both of us mentioned the other day that we know that our wives are better than us in probably every way we don't yeah. deserve it no, we both married you know, up and it's great yeah you know i i just i'm like man i can't screw this up i gotta get in, in better shape I'm brushing my teeth and my stomach's going in the opposite direction <laughs> and I'm brushing. It's like, I just love, I just love like every, every time we're out, we're like, you know, she's, she's all social and stuff. And she's like, oh yeah, you know, guys are going to go on her and stuff. She's like, oh, I'm married. And then she points to me and they're like, to him? And I'm like, hey, listen, I'm not that bad, but like, I know she's hot, but like, come on. Well, it's and it's like sad. So, like, if you if you go to our website, you we we have headshots that we did yeah. years ago for for all the management, and and the dude had to Photoshop out my belly button crater because it was like too much shadow. It was like the dark side of the moon or something. You're like, I'm like, bringing him back just to do my updated shots. Like, it's like no, yeah. I don't, you're not allowed to use Photoshop on this one. All, all natural, man. No, no. <laughs> No airbrushing this time. <laughs> That's great. So speaking of kind of the the family life, you're you're a family man like I am. How do you? I'm I'm actually interested because I'm always trying to do better myself. How do you prioritize time and manage kind of career versus you know work life balance? And are there any I don't know like strategies or or practices that have worked for you? to maintain that yeah i mean it, it for, for 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 me because my my wife works as well i know i i know that shorty works as well you know it, it it's all about scheduling and and organization which you're we're constantly not executing well oh is it pleasant I, I you know i try to be i try to shut it off when i come home i have a difficult time with that sometimes but but you know it's an hour to a child is a lifetime and so if you can set that one hour aside and 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 spend it with them and observe them and learn about who they are 
you know, that goes a long way with them. I, I wake up very early in the morning and, and I make sure that I'm up with the kids making their lunches, blah, blah, blah. And I, I love that. I, I love that. Yeah. An hour, an hour yeah. with kids is a lifetime for them. That's, that, may, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> uh, well, just like, just like an entire year is an hour for us. You know, right. you're like, where does it go? Exactly. <laughs> but the, you know, listen, listen, the days crawl, the years fly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. And sometimes I crawl through days and nights. <laughs> yeah. There's, I, I, I have a firm belief that nobody, anybody that doesn't have kids is literally not allowed to be tired. You're not allowed. I do not fucking allowed. I, I give my crew shit about that all day, <laughs> all the time. I'm I'm out running. They're like 16 years old. <laughs> and they're sitting there like, I'm tired. I'm like, you've been Shut for 25 minutes. Get it in gear. <laughs> I'm like, everything popped when I walk. I'm a walking pop and, and you woke up a half hour before your shift started. Fuck you. <laughs> right. Yeah, or a half an hour after your shift starts. Right, 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 right. Jack, <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> called out, called out. <laughs> and I know the whole staff is going to listen to this because I gave them the info. <laughs> but the, the truth is, yeah, the, the, the truth is, is that, so, you know, I carve out one day a week that is absolutely for for my wife and for my two boys, Declan mm-hmm. and Kai. And, and, and that day is Sunday and we try to cram as much family time into that as as possible and sometimes it's not possible sometimes it is possible no but it's absolutely sacred it's i i love that i mean at least at least given a day to family time like it's 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 interesting for me it's like hard to switch my brain into it of like okay i'm gonna just say yes to a lot today and as soon as i'm into it i'm having a blast i'm like oh i'm like oh yeah i love you know if you just are in their world and on their level, it's so much fun and just follow, you know, because I, I mean, yours are, how old are yours? Declan is nine and Kai is seven. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Grayson six and Autumn's four. So it's, it's, you know, slightly different, but like, man, that just that commitment. I love that commitment of, of at least one day a week is family. And, and it, I mean, as you said, you know, say it's, 12 hours that's huge 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 for them that's amazing well and and everybody at work work is you know De- debbie and honors are are our family people is <laughs> as well and that's a part of the culture that we're proud of is the understanding of of that, that people for the most part are are there we want them to enjoy themselves while they're there but they're there to to you know turn the gears on their life outside of that whether it's college or high school or a second job or, or, or a family. And so everybody knows that my family is, is my lifeblood. Um, and that I wouldn't have a, a you know, I, I wouldn't have a day to crawl through yeah. if, if I did, if I didn't, if I wasn't able to come home to them. Yeah. No. And that's, I mean, that's why you got into it in the first place. That's why, you know, <laughs> it's so important. I, I've literally, I, it's funny, the, freelance world that I'm in, which is the say yes, no matter what, you know, I have friends that are bragging about working on Christmas day, you know, oh, I'm on set crazy. I'm like, oh yeah, you're single. I forgot. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, it's you, tough, man. It's hard. I mean, it's, this is, it, 
this country ha- has sort of a a, a work first, you know, culture oh, yeah. about it. And 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 these younger generations, one of my challenges as as a leader in my company is to connect with some of like the Gen Zers and and things like that, or the Gen Y, where they're much more about work life balance. I love that, honestly. And, and I need to re- and I need to respect that because yeah. I'm going to get older, but for the most part. My employees are, are st- you know, they stay within a block and they work through us until they attain their life goals and then they move on from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, so much of, of our parents and our grandparents' culture was, you know, the breadwinner comes home and you get to see him for half an hour before bedtime or whatever. Like, there just wasn't, and, you know, everything came after that. And I, I honestly appreciate the focus on mental health the focus on i'm there's to a point where i'm just like i suck it up but like you know you still gotta work hard but like yeah you know knowing when you need a break knowing when you know that family's important knowing that it is just a job and even if it's your passion like you know what are you doing it for at the end of the day what do you you know we work hard because we want to have the family have a good life and absolutely but it, and it's 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 what's crazy is it's such a balance like you know it, there's that but it's also you want to work your ass off so that you can have the cool experiences and it's not just always hanging around at home mm-hmm. like, well and, and 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 you know you're a passionate guy i mean everything that you do it, it you got to be passionate to be freelance to, oh yeah and and i i am very passionate about what I do. And, and I think it's important to find something that, that, that you love to do and to always feel interested and, and challenged. But uh, I do like of... find things in words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the belief. Jumping around to the yeah. different passions. That's the idea. You know, but yeah, there's a piece, there's a piece of, of, of parents. I think that you always reserve, you know, that's, that's my little, private family island and 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 nobody can nobody can visit that yeah uh, but but us yeah and that's that's the way to be i mean that's the other thing too i think that i see not an issue with again it's like it's choices but it's what i've noticed in freelance especially is like 90 percent of freelance people are either single or separated or you know they're just the career is their life. And I know that, especially in the film industry, most people will, you know, they're, they're flying solo. They're, you know, you go shoot a movie in another country for four months. Like, you can't do that with a, with a family unless you bring them along. But I am determined. <laughs> and, and to maybe the detriment a little bit of my career for a little while of keeping the family together and not being in that percentage that you know says yes to the job no matter what i'm really i'm passionate about that as much as i am of i want to work in this and make a living i'm okay with the uber days where i know that it's you know i said no to a two-week job because maybe the max i can go right now with a four to six-year-old is three days locally i can't go spend two weeks in estes park away from the kids it's just not going to happen for now you know they'll get older and it'll be fine but like the well-rounded life that i'm living i'm i know long term i'll be really happy with it and that's that's you know that's the most important thing. Like jobs are going to come and go especially in freelance constantly 
but no, you've chosen a thing too. Like I, I, congrats on the steadiness of of what Lariat has given you. Like that's amazing, and the fact that you still get to have fun, you still, you know, the family balance is there. It's that's a gift. Well, thanks. You know, we we all work together to to protect each other in that way and that takes sacrifice for the person standing next to you and 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 i believe in that no it's i completely agreed and it's uh, yeah being a parent is the hardest thing i've ever done straight up and and it takes a lot of energy but i wouldn't you know wouldn't give it up for a second and and the kids are amazing if the especially if the kids were like just complete assholes like it's just like oh god i'm building this up man i don't even turn it out well they have their moments, but like, you know, they'll come for everything. Everything comes around when they come in for the hug and say, you know, daddy, I love you. That's, that's the best feeling in the world. It fixes yeah. everything. But, but, you know, the truth is there's nothing more freelance than being a parent. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Cause you never stop working. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is, is you don't know what it's like until you actually have children. And then you have this idea I had this epiphany the other day and I, I, I was like, I was a strange, like we were, my kids and I, we were strangers at one point, Right. you know, it's like constantly they're growing and changing and you're constantly getting, getting to know them and, and you don't have a choice about it. And you know what? Sometimes they're assholes. I'm laughing because I literally, I saw a interview with Michelle Obama. And she called kids terrorists sometimes. And I'm like, that's true. They're a little terrorists sometimes. Like, it's, you will never, it's, I call it like, your emotions are in 4D. You will never love harder or be pissed off more than you've ever been in one day than being a parent. You're like, I'm, I'm angrier than I've ever felt. And then... You'll do something sweet, and I'm like, oh, I need to film it. Like, <laughs> it makes you feel fucking schizophrenic. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's tough, and it, it, it is the most rewarding thing ever, and you're you're terrified to screw it up. Yeah, oh, um, God, so much. But, but man, that, yeah, I mean, you're so right. The the feeling of their little arms wrapping around you or, or they when they lay their head on your on your shoulder washes everything away you're like i love you just stop being an asshole if you could just please just go 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 to bed (laughs) please so for the listeners and watchers that have made it through this whole parenting tangent thank you so much (laughs) the last half hour here i know that's uh you got well and good and listen here's if you have kids you know if you don't have kids that was that was a good walkthrough of what it's like (laughs) <laughs> so what are some of the trends that you've seen in the brewing industry that kind of impact your strategies or even your roles in what you're doing? Like, let's call it yeah. six months. In the last six months, you know, we've seen uh, IPAs are still king, but there is a lot of demand for lighter malt build brewing, you know, lighter lagers, and and ales lower calorie lower abv that makes sense and and and, and things like that but the rise but, of the seltzer 
Yeah, you know, and 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 in the mocktails, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of breweries have expanded into to to different verticals, and they're and they're creating canned cocktails, or they or they have they're brewing alcohol free beer and 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 things like that, and so it's it it's tough to know because the the trends are at times defined by what the breweries are doing and at other times they're 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 defined by what the consumers what, what the consumers are after and and it's tough to figure out what's first the horse or the cart and at any given time you're not sure if you're the horse or you're the cart but fortunately for for smaller craft breweries they tend to be nimble and they can respond fairly quickly with small batches and and, and and things like that but what i've really enjoyed seeing as is is over the, like you know especially i know you said the last six months but but as i've been aware of the whenever time frame in you know companies like you know denver brewing company left hand oscar blues new belgium odell some of the bigger guys that have have opened up places in different states they're they're multinational brands now and that's fun to see when you saw someone go grassroots and then and then hit it big in a in a very big way. And I think that a lot of craft beer drinkers are 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 you know they hold it against them for getting big, and they're like, oh, well, they're big, they're sellouts now. But I'm like, you know, no, it's it's beautiful. This is this is this is your participation as right. a market force at work. Like, do you realize how special that makes all of the Colorado people that you were you were a part of the the the, the birthing and sprouting and growing of a brand that people that don't speak English now know? I yeah. think it's wonderful. I didn't realize just as you named them off how many Colorado brands are multinational now. That's so sick. Mm -hmm. Or certainly at least across multiple states and 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 things like that. But the ones that that in a way started yeah. the craft brewing trend in Colorado have done most of them have done very well for themselves. Um and they're opening rest, you know, you know, they're opening restaurants or 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 different different kinds of different kinds of locations where you know with beer gardens and, and you know food trucks or, or it cracks me up though when they're like, oh you want you sold out. I'm like, no, 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 no. When we had one place and you were like, oh, I love this stuff. I want you guys to be successful. This is what successful was like. like Enough people liked their product. Healing. That, 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 that they were able to make more of it to give to more people. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, you know, that's the American dream. hundred percent. That's how you take down the, the big his beer companies. Like yeah. that's exactly it. I will say. And I'm going to throw some shade a little bit because the one thing you got to do, no matter how big you get, is you got to keep your recipes. And there's a specific, I think, uh, is it Breckenridge? The fat tire? That changed? Um, that would be, that would be, that would be New Belgium. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a terrible Colorado beer drinker. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, you got, you got to, you got to, if, if you, no matter how big you grow, you got to keep the recipe that people love. Well, and 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 I think that in some ways, and and they're so big that I can only I can only suppose or or make make inferences on on seventeen on houses now. 
you know, why they did that. And, and I'm sure that they had some large level marketing research because they are across the globe now that said, you know what, it really makes a lot more sense to push into the domestic market. Pared down now, they still New Belgium still has a, a, a lot of no, you know, no, for sure, a lot of other stuff. Smaller, but but what they did is they they removed Fat Tire because it got so big. They were able to remove Fat Tire from underneath the New Belgium umbrella and make it really its own parent brand in a way. And I think it's interesting to see if that is a wise move, right, or Time or before. not. But it, but it is funny to the to the local lover that it's now a golden ale. And you know what? I got to be honest. It excited the shit out of me. You know why? Because our Angry Elk Amber is one of the best ambers I've ever had. And that, and, and, and so I'm you're like- You're not lying. Listen, you're not lying. Well, come, yeah, come, you know, come, come, come try our Amber Ale. If, 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 if you're missing, <laughs> if you're missing that flavor profile and, and you, you know, you like that sort of well-balanced, but, but with a nice, you know, smooth malty finish, Amber Ale- Man, you know, it's now they have an army that, you know, now they're going to think about us. And, and that makes me <laughs> you know, No, it, it, it's kind of a hole in the market. No, totally. I had, it's interesting. So I worked on, back in the day, I don't know if you've heard of it. I worked on a documentary that was on Netflix for a little while called Crafting a Nation. And it was about the, you know, basically the craft beer scene being the new American dream. This is back in 2012, 2011. And... I, going into that, I was your, you know, Heineken, Blue Moon, classic, like, you know, drinker. And I had never tried it. I had never tried other stuff. And that, the crew working on that walked me into drinking craft beer. I never, ever in my life been a fan of dark beer. We went to Asheville, North Carolina, to the Asheville Brewing Company, and I had a oatmeal stout. And I took a drink and I was like, Hold up. I don't like dark beer, but this is incredible. And now I am a stout porter. Like my two, my two drinks are IPAs and dark beers, stouts and porters. Again, recently, second time this happened was at Lariat, and I'm again, I'm not just sucking on the teat here. I, I don't like ambers generally. I'm like I don't like wheats for sure. I don't like light beers, and I don't like ambers. I tried your amber and I have ordered it every single time since then that I've been to Lariat. And I, it's, you like your opinion gets changed around sometimes by the right beer. That's fantastic. And so I, I have to agree. The amber is, it, it's kind of mind blowing. And, and I, I'm a fan. And, and I don't say that lightly because I don't drink amber ale in general. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad you, you like it. I wish I could take the credit, but. It existed before. Before directly, T. Thank you for being uh, the brewer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the team behind the brewer, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm taking the credit. But it's the elm, yeah. which is just the best. Yeah. Well, it, it, and that's true. I mean, and in, in, in to tell a quick story, the the Angry Elk Amber Ale is named after a real elk. So every June, there is a mama elk that lives in around the pasture that is across our parking lot at the Evergreen location. And she has her baby right behind the sheds that live there. Oh, and they are, you know, for those of you who, who don't know, elk, mama elk are extremely aggressive. If when they have their babies and, and if you get in between the baby and the mama, 
she will charge you. And so, uh, so much so, by the way, so much so that when you're on a trail in the mountains, there will be, (laughs) there's two warning signs. There's three warning signs that I see a lot. I do some mountain biking. You'll see the rattlesnake sign. Duh. You'll see the bear sign. Duh. But then you'll also see like, hey, watch out for elk. And it's because of the angry elk. Well, and, and, and so the original head brewer would walk there because he lived in the neighborhood right behind the location. And he got chased around by that elk one day. And that would be terrible. Lo and behold, the angry elk, Amber Ale, was with Bert. <laughs> He's like, this was scary. We're naming a beer after it. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing to revisit the original, co- you know, where we started about telling the story and about about the branding. When we dug into our past, when we dug into our roots and, and all the evolution along the way, there are some great stories. And why not tell those through our products and, and through our branding? You know, that's what makes people feel connected. I feel, I feel, and, and this might just be me... <laughs> shamelessly pitching for more work, but I feel an origin story for each beer in the video coming along. Oh man, I've got this whole like X-Men thing in my head, <laughs> you know, like where, where all the beer characters come together and they transform into superheroes or something, you know. You, Disney Plus, you got a show coming your way. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, if you and I just had about $10 million. I know, man. I, I think come up with, you know, it, it, with, some, with some great, great ideas. We're looking uh, for investors. You hear to you heard it here first. <laughs> soft sell. That's a yeah, soft yeah. sell. No. Yeah, we straighten everything out here. But it, you know, it's 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 a lot of fun to watch the way that the market has 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 changed. And and in COVID, honestly, had a lot to do with it. Yeah. It it pushed out a lot of people, a lot of great places, and a lot of great people. And it was heartbreaking to see that happen. But it caused those of us that were, were were left to sort of take our own inventory and say, well, where are we now? Because nothing's actually the same. No. It, 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 it really started a new pathway. Workers behave differently. Their requirements are different. Staffing is, is a little bit more difficult. You know, product and pricing and shipping was all messed up. We couldn't force wine because shipping containers were, were, were stuck off the shore of San Diego for forever or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, forgot was, about that. Holy shit. It, it was blood, sweat, and tears, and the fans and local community, they got every single brewery through this tough period, especially up-and-comers like, like, you know, like Larry Lodge. We are very well-established in Evergreen. We are becoming well-established in, in Littleton. But obviously, the point of our rebranding is we're trying to push further into the, in, yeah. into the Colorado market. And it... it, it, it it was really, really rough for a while, and we all had to stick together. So I, I don't take that lightly that we we made it through, and I want to pay homage to all of the great, the great breweries out there and the great people that that really had to rethink the directions of their life because of the pandemic. And I want to make sure that we never, ever, ever lose track of who we are at our core. I mean. Yeah, my vote, <laughs> Mike for Mike for governor or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to announce my 2024 campaign for president of the United States. <laughs> Free beer for everybody. That's a good. 
<laughs> no, that's, I mean, I, I don't have a lot to add on that. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, thank you. I mean, it's a what, special place. What impact, and you talked a little bit about it with the dog stuff, but like, how do you, what's your view on kind of humor related to marketing play? It is, if it, I love humor. Obviously, I was I was touting how funny I think I am earlier. We'll we'll, we'll look in the comments. And see yeah, exactly. We'll see. <laughs> but it, humor is it's something that that I try to utilize. I can't quite get as down and dirty as I want to at at, at times, but humor is one of those things that you do at great peril. If it if it hits, you struck gold. Yeah. If you miss, it is a flop like no other flop. That's why being a comedian is one of the hardest jobs. You're right. up there by yourself. And so to navigate humor in branding is is very, very difficult. For instance, I've always remembered, you know, Quiznos. Where's Quiznos, right? They, they used to be big, right. but you don't hear about Quiznos anymore. And they started putting out these commercials where they were trying to be funny. And one of them was this big, fat, hairy chef in his tidy whiteies. Um, and it, 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 I don't know if anybody would remember this except for mine. I, I think I do. But they, they had a, there was a series of commercials that, but this one in particular, I'm like, why would you want to align your food brand with cubes sticking out of someone's tidy whities <laughs> like it, it it was the most unappetizing thing and so they went for humor but forgot how it relates to their product yeah. and it was a total flop and i you know I, i'm not saying that's the reason they you know that that, that, that they struggled in the marketplace or anything um it may have also remember. been the pictures with the owner of quiznos posing with dead animals that he had hunted down in africa no that was uh, Jimmy John's. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> of course, this has nothing to do with that. <laughs> I mean, sandwiches, right? But listen again, he kind of was a fat guy in tidy whities ish. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, yeah, I gotta look those up. I gotta look those up for I, for Quizna. Yeah, I, <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing is, and, and that's so right. Remember- you don't really. Quiznos is not like top of tongue anymore, for sure. Well, and, and that's what you have to ask yourself. I remember this commercial that disgusted me, but I can't tell you where my nearest Quiznos is. <laughs> so, so they made a memorable commercial, but it the did wrong not way. do what they wanted it to do, and that's a very dangerous game, especially in in you know in 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 society right now where everyone's trying to 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 navigate this 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 hip. You, you know, with you, I don't want to bring up the Bud Light thing in general, but oh, yeah, everybody knows what I'm talking about. And so it's it's very difficult. So if you're going to use humor to to brand yourselves, you better make sure that you are striking your demographic in a way that is going to cause them to purchase your product and support you. Because if you misstep in any way, the public will slay you. They will slay you. What's crazy to me about the Bud Light thing was <laughs> like it showed that cancel culture works both ways. It mm-hmm. it really 
if you piss off your customer base in the wrong way, uh, and listen, I like ever well, some of my favorite TikToks that I've seen recently are <laughs> reactions to people freaking out about the Bud Light thing, and then they'll break down. These people will like duet the video, being like, "Hey, you see that poster on the wall behind you? They also support LGBTQ rights." Hey, you see the drill you're using? That company has historically been on the side of LGBT. Like they're just break completely. Like everything about you is on the wrong side of this. So it's it's interesting. I think the no, it's it's super important to have tasteful humor, but also like not be afraid to make a joke and being like, who am I really afraid of pissing off here? Because if it's, it's something about, especially with the older brands, I know there's a whole strategy of like, you want to capture people when they're young so that they are with you for their entire lifetime. So mm-hmm. I kind of see the Bud Light thing as like they're letting go of some of their older, less in touch customers and introducing themselves to the younger demographic that can now drink Bud Light for a longer time. Well, and, and, you know, for me, you know, without getting into any, any, any of the, the, you know, sort of the, the political aspects of it, truly what I believe their, their, their big misstep was, was, was on, on both sides. They, I, I get that they were trying to, you know, that they were probably trying to grab, you know, a younger audience and, 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 and grab a piece of the marketplace uh, that they weren't super present in. Right. Absolutely. But, you know, you know the more the merrier when it comes to business in, in in many ways but they you can't do that by you know because then they came out and 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 you know issued you know like an apology and things like mm-hmm. that and and then you know i imagine it made everybody feel like bud light was trying to game them it was like hollow um, yeah. and, and that and that's a mistake that's what i'm saying you lose you can't lose you can't go back if you make a statement like that you can't go back on it yeah, you can't yeah. you can't lose your humility. But for me, the driving point around that issue is the power that the that a single consumer has as a market force um, when when they put it together. You know, so it's 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 very interesting to watch. I think it it is showing people what power that they have, and it it, it is also an exercise in how you need to be careful with how people feel and, and 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 think you cannot get out of out of tune you can't you can't get on a different frequency or or you're going to risk pissing off absolutely everybody yeah all right marketers here you gotta walk a fucking tightrope if you're gonna do no it's true honestly like it's it's and this is why it's when you do it well and when it's and I think the main thing to to your point is when it's about the culture, when it's about, you know, things that you know are universal, that mm-hmm. people care about your you care about being able to community, you care about telling telling stories, that works. And I it's interesting actually, because I think some of the biggest swings and misses, another thing that comes to mind is the the Pepsi commercial uh, way back in the day with I want to say Kendall Jenner or something around that, 
that was kind of this, you know, BLM style riot thing. It was just super like distasteful, but you know, remember big brands swinging on something that they just, you know, like, I don't know. There is political statement like Nike. Nike does it super, super well. Nike knows how to be on brand, tell a good story and still be at their core who they are. And, and that's and that's that's exactly how I you know I, I totally agree with you. You have to make it about your culture, yeah, not the consumer's culture. You have to make it about your culture and then give them, them mechanism yeah. mechanisms to decide what they think about your culture. You know, you, you can't you can't be a poser. You can't. It doesn't work. We're too smart. We see right through it. They can. I mean, especially in the yeah. internet age. No, I I completely agree. So no, I think it's just not even the whole like stay in your lane, but just like understand who your audience is and what they're about. And I I mean that's part of why the you know the the marketing avatar is so important. Like really di- diving deep on who your customer is and what they care about, and telling stories around that. And no, I mean when it works, it works great. And I'll tell you what, I it's interesting with the Bud Light thing, like as many customers as they lost with that, I probably, they probably gained just as many, if not more with how viral it got of, of new, I mean, we're also talking craft beer, crap beer here. So, I mean, the beer shit, but <laughs> people that, saying that may yeah, have you. not tried it before, may try it and then try it and been like, Oh, this tastes like crap. I'm going to go craft. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm 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 interested to I'm interested to see if if you know, I mean they they you know they're they're a huge company and and, and we're talking you know they're they're down billions of dollars yeah but but it, it is it, how is that going to affect them and 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 you know their their other brands Bud Light is just one one right piece of Anheuser Busch and and so I imagine the company will will probably survive. But I'm not, you know, it will be interesting to see if the damage will be, will be, will be long lasting. And I realize some people think that it's stupid. I'm merely coming from a perspective of, of observation as somebody, you know, that, that is, that is curious by, you know, because I'm, I'm in the business. We are, we are merely students of the marketing game. And this has been kind of, I mean, honestly, this is just a discussion on that, on that aspect of it. No, you know, absolutely. It's it's just a completely observational. Like this has been an interesting time to, especially in the beer industry, to see something like that happen. But I think I think you know to to sum it up. I guess my perspective is that it seems clear to me that no matter how anybody feels about the issue, that from the outside looking in, it is obviously inauthentic. Yeah, and that damages any brand. Yeah. No, that, I mean, at the core of it, a hundred percent. That's yeah, I yeah, that, that's that's a very good breakdown of it. Let's move. So, actually, I love, this is one of my favorite questions. I heard this on a podcast and I stole it from it straight up <laughs> because it's such a great question. <laughs> what? Outside of your career, what is your thing? What is the hobby that kind of makes you relax and take your mind away from all the crazy career stuff? 
Yeah, absolutely. Three things. One, we already discussed for maybe a little too long, being a dad. But the things that I do for me are I still play a lot of guitar. Yeah. And he was the lead guitarist, I, by the way, from from the beginning of the episode. The lead guitarist. Yeah. That really means something if you watch me play and then it might not mean anything. But I'll let Don't you up so that. well. <laughs> but I also really, really, really enjoy cooking. I, I, I like it. It's sort of, there's an immediate payoff nature to it. You get to, I, I, you know, it's how it's my love language. I'm like, I'm like a 93 year old, you know, you know grandma. I'm like, ah, you know, like you gotta you look, eat them. Soon. You look thin, you look thin. Yeah. I have more on your, your plate. Your skin and <laughs> your skin and bones, your skin and bones. You know, even if you say you don't want seconds, I'm slopping it onto the plate. You know, I'm, I'm bringing out pie when no one's done with their dinner. I cannot every time, every time, oh, of course, of course, every time we visit Shorty's family in Texas, I literally can't keep up. I cannot keep up with the amount of food and it's all filling as hell. Oh, and, 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 it's and I don't delicious. know. But yeah, yeah. But my, both of my parents are from Texas oh, no. as, as, as well. So we used to drive down every Christmas and, and go visit, go visit them. I mean, and it was just I, 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 I swear to you, I, I, after coming back, I wouldn't shit for a week. Nope. It was yeah. just, it was out of control. Unbelievable. They, they, everything's big Correct. in Texas, including the eating and the drinking. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it was, it was fantastic, but. If there's so, a country so from a Texas trip. But yeah, so it translated into your, into your, th- I love that. That's great. It's. Yeah. So, so cooking and. and, and what are your guitar. favorite, what are your favorite, what are your like top. We'll go top three because top one's too hard. Top three things to cook. So that's a difficult subject because it, it in itself is 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 nebulous. So what I what I do is I sort of travel, and so I'll go to I'll go to Greece and I'll visit and and try to learn some recipes there, and then I'll go you know to different regions in China, and then I'll go to Japan. I love those South America. I love um, that and. And so my, 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 my goal, and actually, you know, I'll talk to you about this later because I've wanted (laughs) to start my own cooking, you know, channel on a long time. And the, the whole thing behind it, which is, which is fairly common is to do this. But during what I found is during COVID, a lot of the places, everybody was DoorDash and Grubhub and, you know, all, all, all that Uber Eats. And even after, because people are fucking lazy and I get it. Absolutely. I, you know, I wanted to come to me too, you know, come to me, but I would, you know, I, a lot of places had to cut corners because they couldn't source their ingredients the same way or, or money got so tight. They had to do whatever they had to. Yeah. And so I, I, I saw a, you know, a degradation of, of quality for some of my favorite places that I would order takeout from or previously go out to eat at. And I started thinking to myself, I can make this better. And so what I tried to do was recreate these, these dishes. And so I would work on the recipes and recreate the dishes and test them on my wife and my poor children. And, and then, <laughs> and then I, and then I would go back through in arrears after I would write the original recipe. Like, Dad, what is the, the, what is, what is this? You're like, eat it. It's all you're getting. Yeah, you know, like it's still moving, and I'm like, it's, I guess it. <laughs> um, but it's very I, popular in Japan. Be cultured. Shut up. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and then I would try to to recreate that recipe in a way, you know, I like cheater versions of it that mm. they were quicker or or substituting out ingredients. And 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 to revisit elimination therapy, I had to eliminate a lot of recipes <laughs> from my book based on my wife's feedback. <laughs> but unplugging, I, I I sure. What's your average? What's your average? Like like one for five, one for three. What's what's the winner? What's the winner average on it? You know, I I'd probably I'd say I knock it out of the park. 50% of the time. Yeah, that's good. But but I would say a good 85% of of attempts of things that I make are are passable enough. Listen, um, to where to where they're like, "Hey, yeah, you're you know, you're in the right, you're in the right, you're in the right." In any in any sports statistics, you're an all-star. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you may want to ask someone other than me about how <laughs> Uh, like what my, what my be the second is. opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah. I may not like, be, she's like a solid be. 35 tops. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go get my wife. Just no, 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 no. Yeah. She can, she can comment if she really cares about it. Yeah. Oh, that's... <laughs> no. that's great. I, I love the, the world traveling through food. I think that's, we do a similar thing where I, it's, Shorty hates to cook, but definitely is more creative with the recipe ideas than I am. She's also like her Mexican food because she's from South Texas is insane. Oh, dude, we're coming mm-hmm. over. So that's that's like my the Cinco de Mayo. Oh, her yeah. Anyway, it, it it's so so good. Like you know, she's got like grandparents who don't speak English that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm drooling already. Plus, yeah. I've been on this carnivore diet, so like, yeah, English being sound. You're right. You're just anything but best ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, this is this has been awesome. So I wanna I wanna roll out the red carpet for you a little bit. Let let the audience let everybody know what you have going on in your life right now. Well, I mean, you, you know, the truth is is that I'm I am powered by my dedication to my family and 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 to to my company i sort of in a in a humorous way at least i find the humor in it have turned into just this total suburban dad and and and, and truly though but that's that's what makes me tick you know back when we when you met me and i was and and i was in this band you know we're all young we're gonna be famous you know and 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 the second that, that that Declan was born, I I looked at my guys and they're still my my dear friends to this day. And and I said, guys, I can't commit to this the way that you need me to. Yeah. And and I absolutely, you know. So so what's going on for me is I have a small group at home who who love me to no end and appreciate me and support me. And then at work, I have a, a you know the company I think a little over a hundred people right now. Uh, wow. Oh, that's a lot of. I didn't know it was that big uh, between two two locations. That's huge. Yeah, I mean it's it it takes a it takes a lot of yeah. it takes a lot of muscle to to make multiple locations work. And the it's the the stop and chats that I have with my people while we're working and watching them grow and and asking them how they're doing in school or 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 you know if they graduated and or seeing them take on a new position within the company and and excel at it i have a a, a very authentic vested interest hmm. in 
in in my people and and that to me is what the craft beer industry is all about it, it's about community that's why i can go on a podcast and tout tout our company a little bit but congratulate denver brewing company for 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 how much they've they've grown and and how delicious their raspberry princess yum yum is and how fun it is to order at at, at a bar <laughs> you know i'll have the 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 re- you know it's like can i get the can i get the can i get the raspberry colch like the what the raspberry colch can i get the what you, you mean the raspberry princess yum yum well, listen and it's so good fun. it is so good that i will i will drink it on a lake day with some of my friends who ride Harley Davidsons proudly, I'll have, what are you drinking? A Princess Yum Yum is, am I trying? Yeah, it's just delicious. You know, what, what I'm hearing from you is that you ha- you're a home dad and you're a work dad. That is, that is, that is how I, that is how I view myself. You know, no. I, 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 I feel, I feel a responsibility for the success of the people that I come into contact with. And I hope that that functions top down in some way. And I suspect that it does within my company. And, and, and I feel supported and loved in the decisions that I make from both the owners, my business partner, and, and all of the people that, that, you know, all the way down to, to the 15 year old host and it's their first time job and they're terrified and they're they like lesson to love that. To have to be around so so many people, um, and, and that but like how cool for that joy too. for me. So so what's going like that's mm-hmm. to be you know we all had our fifteen sixteen year old job that was hell, and for you to sure. be able to give like a good experience to somebody at that age with a good job like that's what a cool storyline and transition of generations mm-hmm. there. That's sweet. Well, and, and and I like that. And, and and my goal from the employee side is I I always say, you know, down yeah, I, I want people who work for us and then move on to some other place. I want them to go to their next job and see Larry at Lodge on their resume and go, Oh, awesome. You know, like okay, yeah. cool. And, and and it's a constant fight. It's a constant it, it you know, we're constantly updating and revising training and and and, and, and all these things. Um but I want people to know that they're not just, they're not just a, an, an, an employee, you know, that's, that's what craft, the craft beer, you know, culture is all about. It's about sitting down and connecting with people. And if we can't do that with our own employees, then how the hell are we going to relay that message to the people that come in and, 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 and enjoy our product? It's, it, it seems impossible to me. That's like the best definition of culture that I've heard. Like that's you, you know, wanting the employees' experience to be just as good as the customers' experience. That's, I mean, honestly, it's a big part of why I'm such a craft beer fan. Is exactly that. You know, it comes from an authentic place, a passionate place, a place where people are treated well, and the flavor comes from that. And that's what I give my money to. So I'm a big fan of it. Absolutely. I mean, you, you have you ever gone into uh, a restaurant or or, or 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 a place and you can smell, you know, you can feel the the the, the staleness of misery coming from yeah. the employees. Yeah, I've worked in this. And, and, and yeah, and that uh, that 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 affects the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not very lodgy, is it? You know, <laughs> that's not that. 
That is the, that is the not very antithesis of a lodge. Like, no. cor- corporate corporate cubicle working yeah. vibes is is not what a lodge feels like. You could take that business model and lodge it where the sun don't shine. <laughs> you know, that's so. And he comes in with the dad joke. And speaking of dad, I, I'm going to make. I, are you ready for my joke? All right. So Mike has been working on his body. So he may be the work dad, but you can call him daddy. Oh God! <laughs> this this stuff. This is giving us the Quizno commercial vibe. <laughs> 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 oh man <laughs> the oh, yeah. daddy of larry no, okay that's terrible <laughs> i can't i can't be daddy because our executive chef grants he, he his nickname is chef daddy everybody calls go daddy. chef daddy all right so every we're, we're i'm going to start something that if if this podcast gets big and we get people <laughs> coming in if you if you if you go into larry at live so he's in he's at the littleton location correct right He's at the little, yeah, Littleton. He works across both locations. Both locations. So, if you happen to go to Larry at Lodge, you need to make a special request to see Chef Daddy, and he he's uh, required to come out, come out and give you a high five. Yeah, and he'll do it too. He's got he's got fiery red hair. Oh yeah, ginger is a character. It's green. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, man, this oh, has man. been this has been an absolute blast. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it you know so much fun thank you for being on and definitely go i actually uh, final question are you guys have any plans to go and get into stores or any stuff like that with the cans are you guys going to liquor stores or no, so so we're actually in quite a few liquor stores oh, shit you know yeah we're trying we're trying to 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 move beyond but if anybody is looking, you know, for, 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 for where we're available on the website under the distribution and canning page, I have a little icon map, but all of the total wine and mores, there's three one. They're like, they're, they're huge liquor stores. They, they, they carry, they carry our beer, but you can find out from the website and, and we're hoping to grow out of, you know, the, the, the five mile area around us deeper into Denver and, 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 and beyond we, we believe in who we are and. Um, we are proud of what we want people to to discover about us. Oh yeah, Larry at Lodge taking over the country. Here we go. The, 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 you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, Mike Nafee, twenty twenty four. Yeah, running for president. <laughs> Independent. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Independent. Yeah. Independent. Independent. There, yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Bud Light. all right buddy well this has been a total blast and i love chatting with you i love working with you happy to call you my friend and uh, yeah just i really appreciate your time i appreciate you too my friend thanks for having me on listeners watchers we'll see you next time and uh, yeah thanks a lot